Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solution to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuele Tini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. Welcome to another episode. And today I'm thrilled to go to one of the sectors that is really born for change to really get to the points and the objective that we need for a, a critical transformation, the mobility sector. And we do it with a person who has a big experience, big brands, and is now is an ambassador for mobility sector and sustainability, Oksana Grishina. Oksana, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Samuel, and thank you for having me here. I'm very excited to be here to share with the audience my sustainability journey. I know mobility is such an important sector. It's the one now under the spotlight. Everybody is discussing because one of the big polluters and emitters needs to change. But before that, as usual, we want to ask, what is your sustainability journey? Yes, no, thank you for asking this. So as far as I remember myself, since being little, I was always on the move, uh, whether it's roaming the streets of my native city by bike or exploring on foot the fields of sunflowers in the village of my grandmother or traveling around the world by car, train, ship, plane, even a glider for work or leisure. Reflecting on it, uh, maybe a space shuttle is still missing from my transport portfolio, but maybe one day I will do a space journey too. That's my dream, definitely. I was born in Russia at the end of the Soviet Union age. My parents worked hard for their whole life uh, because they wanted to give my sister and I an opportunity to get a better education and a better start in our lives. I've grown up with the desire to pay them back for that effort and uh, because I want to make their lives happier. But to achieve that, I knew I had to study hard to get a well-paid job. So I I went to the university to study engineering and I graduated as an automotive engineer with a specialization in complex manufacturing and production systems. I was always a a curious child who wanted to learn about different things and uh, I wanted to learn about the world. I read a lot of books about it and, you know, magazines and that time no digital channels were available, fortunately or unfortunately. And my dream was to explore other countries, cultures, learn different ways of doing things. So I was always open to opportunities to travel. And when I received an offer to join Fiat Group as a management trainee in Italy, uh, once I've graduated from the university, I jumped on this opportunity uh, without hesitations and I relocated abroad. And this is when my professional journey in automotive industry started 22 years ago, seems like long time ago. During this time, I have seized opportunities to work in different areas of business, engineering, sales and marketing, franchise dealer development, strategic and international business development, innovation and transformation as well. And during that time, uh, I have visited 27 countries and 70 plus cities across the whole Northern Hemisphere. I mean, yeah, one day I count all of these <laughs> countries. It was, yeah, it was good to realize that um, it was extensive travel opportunity for me. And I have shaken hands to hundreds of people learn several languages. I say I speak three languages and a half. <laughs> Try to learn French many times, but with no, with no success. And made a lot of friends. I'm very grateful. I'm, I think I'm blessed for having had the chance to do so. 
because traveling and working with people around the world taught me great lessons about being open-minded, embracing cultural differences and being humble. But if I look into my career mirror, let's say, I can definitely say that I have been on a very exciting professional journey too. So from project management to marketing and dealer development and Fiat Group, I moved to work on exciting projects related to future of automotive with Jaguar Land Rover. I have led the development of global electrification go-to-market strategy for the first Jaguar electric vehicle, uh, designed um, the digital customer experience strategy and its delivery roadmap. This is just kind of few projects I can mention, which I'm proud of. And uh, recently, so my kind of journey continues with automotive. Recently, I have joined one of the most innovative sustainability-oriented automotive brands, Hyundai, uh, where I am responsible for delivering the digital transformation programs within dealer network and for development of innovative mobility services like motion vehicle subscription service. And this is for the UK market. Interesting, interesting. Oh, I'm humbled to see uh, uh, such an expert and then with your important work, especially in the new mobility in the sector. So, you know, and then from there you jump on the, on the sustainability work. Yeah, so I mean, my sustainability journey starts, you know, it's good reflection to do because I think the topics of sustainability and climate change have been around for many years, but these have only got the significant attention of the by the public, including myself, after Paris Climate Agreement in 2015. I mean, I can always say that I was an individual conscious about my personal impact on the nature in terms of food consumption, plastic usage or waste generation. But the scary realization that it was not enough to be a good citizen to save the planet came to me during COVID pandemic in 2020. I read a book written by Sir David Attenborough, A Life on Our Planet, which I can highly recommend to anyone to read. This book was a catalyst for me to start seriously thinking about how I, Oksana Grishina, can contribute to slow down the temperature raise on global scale and to create a more sustainable world. So I decided to use the opportunity of doing executive MBA at Warwick Business School to explore what that contribution could be. So my conclusion was that I shall focus my strengths, extensive automotive experience, and newly acquired MBA knowledge on developing the sustainable mobility sector. And this led me to become a trustee of Community Transport Association. So this is the UK national level charity that supports, promotes, and represents the voice of community transport operators, the community transport sector. And you need to know that community transport operators are mainly charities as well, and, but they provide a vital mobility to elderly people, disabled people, and youngsters in remote areas. These contribute significantly to reduce loneliness, increase people's well-being, and improve their access to work. It's an exciting role, and, and as a part of my trustee role, I'm, I'm very keen to contribute to shape the decarbonization strategy of the community transport sector as well. So, and in parallel to my MBA studies, um, to equip myself with foundational knowledge of sustainability, I have completed Circular Economy and Sustainability Strategies course at Cambridge Church Business School because I wanted to understand what, what sustainability is. But this gave me in confidence in understanding of different aspects of sustainability, for example, what are sustainable development goals by United Nations, what ESG, what triple bottom line principles, 
planet, people, profit, and circular economy. But I think the most valuable outcome of that course was my connection with hundreds of like-minded people across the world. And I am now an active member of the Circular Economy Sustainability Strategies community. And together with a small group of volunteers, we run the learning and networking webinar sessions, which aim is to share sustainability knowledge as widely as possible, accelerating the implementation of best practices in private and public organizations. What we want that people learn from each other, from other industries, practical solutions, how to um, improve sustainability and bring those practical solutions back into organizations, back into private companies. It's really incredible what are you doing and the work that you are doing. It really shows to me when I was listening to your journey, I think it pictures a personal journey to and from engineering now to become understanding you know, the impact and the work that, and also a business journey. A journey that really has um, seen how it's not only the efficiency, the business as usual, I'm sure the engineering, which are the bread and butter, of course, because it is important. But now the realization that business has an higher purpose, you know, the net positive and the discussion we're having is such an important part on how to solve problems. And especially in your sector, it is one of the most, let us say, touched by the transformation. Yeah, absolutely. The automotive industry as the as industry as a sector is, is in continuous transformation, I think, since several years now. But we started talking about mobility probably five, seven years ago, because this is the new sector that's emerging. And this is a new sector that looks at how people move from A to B in a different way. Before we talk about sustainable mobility, I actually would like to take a step back and look at the definitions of what sustainability is. Uh, we hear this word very often. For me, it became a, as a buzzword in some extent, so I wanted to understand what it really means. And according to United Nations, sustainability meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. In other words, sustainability is a way of thinking and doing things to satisfy our today's needs, considering long-term well-being of our children, our future generations. That's the sustainability for me. And if we, if we think on the definition of mobility, it's a more user-centric concept that highlights the freedom of movement between A and B by the users. It's not about transport who transport people or goods. It's about users. It's about how people move from A to B and their freedom to choose different modes of transportation according to their needs, according to their lifestyle. And if we apply definition of sustainability to mobility, sustainable mobility is the way to move from A to B without undermining the future generation's well-being. And this means zero CO2 emissions, zero air pollution, zero congestion, safe roads for pedestrians and various participants of the traffic. Wow. Thank you for this definition because it's really introducing properly and also clarify a lot of the buzzwords that they are there and, and we recently are thrown on us on the press. And why so mobility is so important in our current context of our crisis? So it's a good question. So the greenhouse gas emissions, um, the 
primary reasons of global temperature increase and the climate change and with devastating consequences for the natural and human habitat. And the globally transport sector is one of the biggest contributors with over 16% of uh, CO2 emissions. Whilst in Europe, this figure is even higher, so over 22%. And this is mainly due to the road transportation, where over half of the emissions are attributable to passenger cars. And this is according to a European Environment Agency. So therefore, passenger cars are an important lever to reduce the level of CO2 in the atmosphere. And that's why European Union banned um, IC or internal combustion engine vehicles from 2035, whilst the UK anticipated the ban for, um, to 2030. I've seen a lot of controversy. You read on the newspaper, people, the parties are on one choice and the other. But as usual, as I was reading, you know, the latest book of Paul Polman, there is also profit in doing good. The new paradigm is profiting in doing sustainable things, resolving problems. Which are the challenges or the opportunity from your perspective? You know, you work with big brands, you're not working on the big project on uh, the transformation, which are the challenges opportunities that we have? Yeah, I guess the challenges from automotive industry perspective, these clearly around investments. Now, the environmental legislation has been always one of the main major drivers for automotive industry development, leading to series of breakthrough in engine technology. But this time, the tight compliance requirements and timelines put high investment pressure on aut automakers, who has been already uh, battling with stagnant market demand, lowering profitability margins and intensified competition amongst established and new brands. There are a lot of new entrants coming into the market. So this is kind of the investment pressure is, is huge. But on another side, this pressure accelerates investments into wider electrification ecosystem, which is the opportunity to support the electrification. So it's not only into vehicles, but also in batteries. Uh, in charging infrastructure. And according to McKinsey, in the last 12 years, the, there were $62 billion invested into electrification, and there is more projected to be invested in by 2025. One of other challenges of electrification is the scarcity of raw materials for electric batteries. Uh, and this challenge pushed the industry to explore different technology around batteries, but also alternative fuel vehicle space. So notably fuel cell hydrogen technology. So Hyundai Motor, for example, launched Nexo, this um, fuel cell car, which is, has been recognized as one of the best fuel cell passenger cars. Or there are many startups looking at solar powered vehicles. For example, a recent new entry, it's a Dutch startup light here. And I think, I personally think that solar powered vehicles uh, uh, could be a really good solution for African markets. Uh, where there is no charging infrastructure at the moment. But I would say electrification is a fascinating topic that have generated both camps of supporters and skeptics. But this didn't stop the accelerated growth of uh, electric vehicle sales globally from year to year in the past 10 years. And COVID, I think, was an additional catalyst for EV sales. There is a you know, double increase of uh, EV sales from 2020 to 2021 reaching 6.7 million vehicles on a global level. And um, the good news is that Europe takes a second place after China in terms of sold EVs last year. And uh, in terms of opportunities or kind of uh, challenges and opportunities, EV sales growth goes hand in hand with expansion of charging infrastructure. 
so which is still a limiting factor for further diffusion of electric vehicles. Uh, but we see many promising plans for investments into charging points, not only from energy companies or charging infrastructure operators, but also from big oil and gas players like BP, Shell, and NLX. So you can see the movement is there. So one of the things is also the pace and that we need to move, I think, faster to get there. So, you know, the big question that maybe people say, okay, we have this movement, we have these challenges, how we can make it so more sustainable, which are from your experience, some, some points. So definitely electrification, one of the elements that uh, electrification or kind of move to alternative fuel vehicles technologies is the, is the fundamental element to reduce CO2 emissions. But I think it's not enough to impact or to improve, let's say, the situation with the climate. If we think that today there are 7.5 billion people that living on our planet, and the population is expected to reach 8.6 billion by 2030, more than 60% of these kind of people will be living in cities, urban areas, and they will demand more resources, livable space and freedom to move. And this would simply mean that urban space will have to be prioritized for people and not for private cars or vehicles. So smart cities will be characterized very well developed transport infrastructure where mobility will be offered as a service providing the choice of active mobility, walking, last mile micromobility, public transport on demand, and shared mobility for different lifestyles needs. Of course, all the transport will have to be zero emissions and safe, but I think vehicles utilization will be fundamental criteria for city authorities to decide whether to promote that mode of mobility or not. So therefore shared mobility like e-cars, e-scooters, e-bikes, and on-demand shuttles will become common services for citizens to move within urban and suburban areas. So I would say that sustainable mobility must be zero emissions and safe, highly optimized to transport more people, as more people as possible, cost-effective, and ultimately affordable for everyone. This is, I think, is the good recipe now to be cooked and prepared for our future and for the future of the next generation. And I'm sure to, to prepare this recipe, we need the players. Um, you have worked with what's the traditional player, the brands that they're on the road now. I'm sure new businesses are coming up, the big names and others. And also there is no longer business as usual, the traditional ownership model. We had also some other people in the episode discussing the new ownership models and things. Can you share a bit of lights? How the players are moving? Who is there in the market? How the business are coping with this transformation? Yes, no, it's a really good question. And, and you're right that there is so much movement in terms of different players entering in this space from automotive industry, transport industry, and kind of third party operators and software companies. And uh, I guess what I've just said before is that it's the future that where automotive industry, transport sector, and mobility will come together, will converge. We see um, many 
automotive players now on the journey moving towards becoming a mobility service providers and they experiment with different mobility services so the the first one which is the closest to my my heart let's say in my experience today is the car subscription services which are offered now by volvo care by volvo uh, and hyundai motion by hyundai and these are natural bridge from car ownership into flexible usership this is also a great tool to convert more people into electric vehicles due to low commitment required that you know are upfront from people there are other services like car sharing services uh, that's been experimented by automotive players and uh, there is a free floating car sharing share now by BMW and Mercedes which recently been transformed into free now mobility as a service digital platform or, or like I mentioned free to move by Stellantis um, this company offers car sharing car rentals and subscription services to their customers through specific mobility hubs I think there is there are a lot of you know names or, or, or companies I could name but this is just few and on another hand if we look into a uh, more complex landscape of different mobility players which kind of been this landscape been built up uh, during last five uh, seven years there are plenty of other operators who are offering shared services like of e-bikes e-scooters and cars on one hand on another hand is that kind of transport optimization software solutions to provide a multimodal transportation options for uh, people. There is a good example of the shared mobility services that the company uh, that's called Go Sharing. I was quite impressed by this company uh, when I was listening to Wonder Mobility podcast. Uh, Go Sharing vision is a green planet with mobility for everyone. This company entered the space in 2019 and now operates shared electric cars, electric bicycles and scooters already in 36 uh, European cities. Because the portfolio of services uh, comprises different modes of transportation, this helps to balance the impact of seasonality on micromobility demand and hence uh, allow to achieve profitable operations. Another example of different business models uh, is on-demand transportation. So companies like Deutsche Bahn and Siemens Mobility entered demand responsive transport market with the software companies, Yoki and Padam Mobility, which offer the optimization algorithms for mobility services, transit operators, like, for example, community transport operators, public authorities and private companies. This helps to deliver cost-effective and sustainable services, but also increase utilization of the fleet. So the list could go on and on because it's, it's, it's such an exciting, and I'm learning, I'm on my learning journey about mobility sector. But what I can say is sustainable mobility is not a dream anymore. It is happening now in many cities across Europe and the globe. And I'm personally very excited to be part of this movement, of this journey, as a part of my role at Hyundai Motor UK and as a trustee of UK Community Transport Association. You have given up this this exciting movement. And those are the good news that also the process want to share. You know, the movement, the innovation, the transformation that is solving the problems. And as usual, every journey starts with a step. For you was the book where you realized. And I'm sure many people now they're asking, okay, we have these services, 
and then we have this transformation. But what now I can do from my from my small perspective as a person to promote the change that is needed? Yes, no, absolutely. I think that's that's the first question we need to ask ourselves. As my example, I would say educate yourself. So learn about what's going on around, what's happening and develop interest in sustainability in general, but also in particularly try to find out what you are passionate about because what we need for the change is the passion and energy. And it can be sustainable mobility, it can be sustainable living or just helping people in need because the social element of sustainability is very, very important as well. But to maintain this passion, to kind of keep this flame, you need to be part of a community or a part of a movement. So maybe you can join a like-minded community uh, or create your own. That's the first thing from my perspective. Another thought is that you don't need actually to work for big companies to make a big impact. I think the change happens every day at a small level. And I would like to cite my friend, my mentor, and my mentee, Caroline Trudeau. She said, sustainability is a complex thing, but it requires micro steps forward. So we need to do something every day. If, for example, you drive an electric car for an everyday commute, that's already a really good contribution to reduction of CO2 emissions. Or you just can walk more than you, do, than you usually do and reduce your uh, utilization of the vehicles. Another thought, it would be introduce sustainability thinking in your private life. I think we always need to start with our own private kind of thinking and values. And we need to start with, with ourselves and be role model for whom are around us, our kids, for example, right? Our friends, our neighbors, and, and become an ambassador for some of those sustainability interests that you're passionate about. But most importantly for me, and independently of your social and professional position or position of power, it's importance of using three criteria for the decision-making. It's planet, people, and profit, not another way around. So we need to consider, we need to make decisions that take into consideration planet and people. That's for sure. Thank you so much, Oksana, for this so rich and content-rich an explicative episode. It's really something that has enriched people and also is a strong call for action. As is usual, when we are finishing, the last question is the message that you want to leave to our audience that is listening to us all over the world. I would like to conclude with Barack Obama's quote. That's my favorite quote. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. So my message is, don't wait. Become a change maker now. And this is the message we want to leave also with the podcast, giving voice to change maker like you and people that are really transforming our economy, transforming and solving real problems. Thank you so much, Oksana, for this wonderful episode. Thank you so much. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? Let's continue together our sustainability journey.